all and welcome to Mono Dialogues with Mackenzie. I'm your host Marlies Mackenzie and I'm here with my co-host again where we're going to talk about biblical womanhood and biblical femininity. We have two guests for you and they are going to introduce themselves because yeah no one knows them better than they know themselves. So yeah ma'am. Hi guys my name is Una Bukupa and yeah I was invited and now I'm not here. <laughs> And how have you been since the last time you came on? Oh, when was that? I think it was last year, eh? Um, I've been good. I've grown, definitely. I've become even more opinionated. So I'm very excited about today's topic, actually. It's quite intriguing. And yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing what everyone has to say. Lovely. Sir? <laughs> <laughs> My name is Kelechi Wampayope and I'm glad to be here. Lovely! <laughs> when you ask, what are you hoping to learn from this conversation? Or what are you, yeah, like what is your expectation on this conversation episode? I don't know yet. I came with mm. any expectations. I'll see. So, um, my co host is going to do us the honors of elaborating on what um, this conversation is going to be about, what it is, and all of that. So basically, we'll be leading the conversation. Yes. So guys, today we'll be talking about biblical femininity. So on the previous episode, we like discussed femininity in all aspects, and today we'll be diving more into what biblical femininity is, or aka godly femininity. So I'd first like to... Sorry. I'm just Okay, so, um, yes, so today we'll be talking about biblical femininity and I'll just read a little bit insight on what it is, then we'll go around and discuss it. We'll have, we're having more of a conversation, like, figuring out what everyone's opinion is it, what is their experience of biblical femininity and all of that. So, according to Google, it says, um, biblical femininity beautifies the inside. So it focuses more on the inside of a woman rather than the outside. And in today's society, feminine or feminism focuses more on the outside, what you can do and all of that. But biblical femininity focuses more on your character and your inside, right? So it says, as a woman embraces her God-given design and shape, she grows more and more beautiful on the inside and it shows on the outside. Outward beauty fades, inner beauty grows. Let him transform you from the inside out. It begins with a relationship. So I hope everyone has like a bit of an insight of what it means. It's all about character, not about your outward appearance, your physique and all of that. So yeah, that's why. Um, so the reason we have a male person here is because um, oftentimes we talk about what men are supposed to be like and yeah. it is often women who talk about these things and put up these standards for men. And it, it kind of is flawed because you yourself, you're not a male person, um, but you kind of have the standard for them. So we kind of have a male person here so that they can tell us how they have been taught to experience the biblical woman or a biblical woman or feminine woman rather, because that is the subject of our discussion, because there is a difference between femininity and womanhood. Because yeah. femininity is more the energy of that woman, and womanhood is basically what constitutes you as female, both on a biological scale and on a spiritual scale, right? So, yo, 
man. Um, that's why we have Kelechi here. And we just want to find out how you have experienced a biblical woman. If you have any questions as well, any expectations and how earlier on, um, before we actually started recording, I explained to you like how you have experienced your mother as a more traditional and godly woman compared to like our to compare to your peer mates, how you have perceived them because considering women from a few decades centuries yeah. ago yeah. there is a vast difference and we have evolved mm, but sure. what does it look like because i know that oftentimes um it is more pressure is added on appearance yeah, than on your inside yeah basically mm. so how have you experienced the biblical woman what have you seen her to be <laughs> you can speak from you the past. You can speak yeah. from the past experience. Like, just speak like for instance. Boom, to me, you, like, right? I wanted to hear you guys. No, like, let's, let's and just then you get to me, but let's just let's just, just make it easy. You just share your experience of growing up with women around you. It can be your mom, your aunts, and how they acted. Were they more traditional? Or were they more like modern? <clears throat> exactly, because you also grew up in the church, right? You were part of the church. And I mean, there is a certain type of woman you experience yeah, in church and another type of woman yeah. you experience outside church, the yeah. building that is. Interesting. Okay. Um, talking about traditional women, yeah. My mom was such a person. She believed praying solved everything. When she's um, not treated right, she resorts she resorts into praying about it. So, and she believed in respecting, obeying the man of the house. Um, there came a time when my my dad retired from work, so it was her more like the breadwinner of the house, but. The dynamics of the home was such that you wouldn't know that she was the one because she took that aspect of the dad in the authority of the house and so she maintained it. So for us, it was a good example to see because she exemplified humility wow. and all of that. Even up to now, they have gone so many years together. I think they are almost going to 40 years of marriage. Yeah. And you actually yeah. mentioned such an interesting thing that the that his mom now became the breadwinner, but she still couldn't see that, mm. and that throughout these forty years, obedience was still low. I mean, that doesn't um, disqualify the fact that there might have been arguments and all yes. of that, because yes. such yeah. is the case in every relationship. Yeah. But the fact that she still honored her husband and that she could not tell who was the breadwinner because in this case that in today's society and generation that is the only provision you require. Mm -hmm. If you are providing financially, you're a man. But there are other things that you kind of like need that would that constitute you as a man, as yeah. as a leader that we do not get. So that is actually very interesting. What are your thoughts? I mean, it's like, I, I love hearing that because it's like, okay, so even now that they're still married for like such a long time, 
as you can see the fruit of that in their marriage you know yes they went through a difficult time and there was a time where the mom was the breadwinner and all of that but i feel like his mom embodies what a godly woman is supposed to look like because she like he said he can see how humble she is and that's one of like the characteristics that a godly woman portrays is humility you know it's not about you 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 and that's the first difference between godly femininity and the modern feminism whereas last week we were doing dark femininity and we we're all about you 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 do you manifest queen all of that whereas godly femininity is like no you don't do that like you respect your husband it, it doesn't necessarily say that you treat him as your god because he's not your god the bible says that your husband is not your god he's your leader yes but he's not your god right and i don't want to get into that topic of like uh what if he abuses me and all of that because that's also another conversation right but that but is also literally part of this conversation exactly. if you think about it because yeah. there are ways to deal with these things exactly. it's what we keep going back to that we don't we aren't saying that christianity is this perfect thing it's there are just not. ways to like do things and you're not necessarily covering up a mess but like you are dealing with it in a much in a more human humble way if i can put it like that yes. in the best way possible and not be dirty about everything and another thing that i actually kind of picked up from what you were saying was how in today's society as well right because like i'm trying to make the link to your parents relationship with how my peers are conducting themselves mm -hmm. right now in a sense that we are all these profit-driven people and I'm one of them I am profit-driven myself but then while that also is the case I keep remembering and I'm trying to like execute my feminine self my biblical feminine self and live that to the best of my ability possible and throughout most of my life it's basically just been like on apparel mm -hmm. on what you're supposed to wear what you're mm -hmm. required to wear and that is what constitutes you as a feminine woman and also being i want to say submissive but it seems more like docility to me so yeah man i'm just basically like being can i say meek what is it but meek sounds like a very good word to like describe what i'm feeling right now it's kind of sort of like pure or innocent i would say yeah the same age doesn't exist I feel like meek is what explain meek meek is the word. I don't know what meek means. Yeah, it's defined as quiet, gentle, and easily imposed on. Slash easily imposed on. Easily imposed on. That is the word. So yeah, I was right. Um, but yeah, man, it's just kind of like that is the case of like today's women. Yeah. We are just really profit driven to such an extent that if you are not meeting me. If you are not providing for me financially, you're nothing. Mm. And how do we now shy away from that? And while we are shying away from that, how do we also now um, keep our... Because I'm not saying that women should take whatever they can get from you. No, no, no. No, but I'm saying that there is a standard. Do you know yes. who the standard is? Do you know, like, also how do we shy away from just putting it, putting emphasis on apparel? Can I make an example with you? Right now you're wearing a crop top. That would not fly in a lot of church communities. So, but you still carry yourself in a godly manner, in a Christian-like manner. 
So how do we shy away from that? And what is it that we're supposed to do or conduct ourselves? Do you get that would like show that we are the salt of the earth? I mean, firstly, okay, are you asking how to conduct yourself that would show to just, people exactly. that you are godly women? Exactly, instead of just placing emphasis on, on the external. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the first thing is also to have a relationship with God. Because you can't be a godly woman based on your own efforts. You have to have a relationship with God because by then God will give you conviction. Like, for instance, modesty, right? Modesty is also a... a, a it's a thing, obviously, a woman of God, you need to dress a, a certain way, but it's also based on conviction, right? Because some people wear crop tops, some people don't wear crop tops. And it's conviction for different people, do you understand what I'm saying? So the foundation of it is to have a relationship with God, because from then, the character... Remember, as human beings, our nature is to be selfish. We are prideful. That's what modern femininity is advocating. It's all about you. We all want it to be about us. We all want it, every, me, 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 even relations nowadays, it's no longer about serving, it's about what can I get out of this. Do you understand? But then godly, being a godly woman requires you to die to your nature, requires you to die to your flesh. You'd be like, okay, the Bible says I have to be humble, it says that I have to love my neighbor, but I don't want to love my neighbor and stuff like that. So that can only happen when you have that relationship with God. And obviously the Holy Spirit convicts you, he's like, okay, change this, do this, you do that. Because in that situation, the mother had a choice to either boast and say, I'm the breadwinner, because that's the, that's the reality. I am the breadwinner. What are you doing? Nothing. That's the reality of it. But she chose to be like, okay, you know what? I'm not going to do that because that's not what the Bible says. Because even the Bible says, it says, if your husband does this or that, pray for your husband. And she chose to do that. She chose to pray. She chose to resort to God first and not to the flesh and all of that. So... Okay, answer my question. That's quite interesting, yeah. actually, because when you refer to the fact that I'm wearing a crop top and him telling us about his mom, the most, I don't want to say godliest person, but the, the person that represented a godly feminine woman would be my granny in my family. Oh, that woman. So even though her husband left her, She's still loyal to him even to this day. Because the guy lived in like 1988, if I'm not mistaken. And even today, she's still very much loyal to him. And we don't even know if he's still alive or not. We even went to Kumulekaya, oh my goodness, we've been looking for this man. But she's still so, like, she's still grounded in the fact that she still wears her ring. She's still very, mm. wow. Um, she got married at 19, so she's still very loyal to the family she got married to. She still yeah. serves them because she's the Makoti of the house and everything. And my thing is, the feminine, the, the modern woman would never do that. Never. If your man walks out and decides to go and do other things that you don't know about, you don't know if he's alive or if he's dead, you probably go back home or move on yeah. to someone else. So there I see a difference. And in terms of dressing, right? Oh, my grandma. She has a problem with my wardrobe for days. <laughs> every time every time I go home, I, I need to make sure just to avoid conflict that I kind of, not really change, but kind of try to blend in to what she's expecting of for me to wear. Because I lived with her for a couple of years um, and she got rid of some clothes that I came with when I was living with her, right? 
So the transition between living in Durban, Butar, and living in Cape Town. Now my mom allows me to wear whatever I want. Crop top, short skirts, and shorts, everything. My thing is, man, what I'm wearing should not necessarily determine the kind of woman I am. I know my relationship with God. I know where I stand in my faith. And I'm not saying what the Bible tells us a feminine, godly woman is, is wrong. Ooh, I'm gonna be canceled for this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be canceled for this. Okay, now I'm not gonna say it. But the, the most um, godly, godly woman in my life is my grandma. And she, she follows the Bible to the T. She's the leader at church. She dresses. I've never seen my grandma wear pants ever in my life. I promise you, I've never seen her pants. Apparently, ever since she got married at 19, I'm 19. Ever since she got married at 19 years old, till this day, that woman has never worn pants. Mm. The only pants I've ever seen her worn are pajamas when she's going to bed in her own bedroom. So, yeah. Yeah, she has similar characteristics as my grandma. She was also like that. She always going to dress down and all of that. I don't want to say the extremity of hers because, mm -mm. But yeah, she was my you grandma. Never see her legs. Yeah, my, my grandma was very extreme. Break it down, babe. That's more like religion. Because I've heard stories of like, that's also like within Christianity, like there's the religious side aspect of it, and then there's the, I don't want to say non religion. What is it? Non denomination. Yes, there's that aspect. But is it religion though? Because it says. It is in a way. Because it's, the Bible says a woman shouldn't wear what is made for a man. So in in their time, wearing yeah, wearing pants made for men. That's the concept that they know, right? That these are made for men. There's certain clothes for women, there's certain clothes for men. So they stuck with that. And right? now but now because time. evolution and whatever we know, the <laughs> yeah, we know that the okay, there are some pants that are made for women, there are pants that are made for men. So, so the problem is not the pants, it's not religion. But that I don't blame the religion, I blame it on the fact that this is what was prevalent for them at that time. That's how much knowledge they have in terms of the difference in clothing. So, do you think so, it's more of a mental state then that this is more acceptable? now than it was back then like it's it's all of, i think it's all about understanding I, to me I, I think it has understanding maybe at that time the level of understanding didn't expand to knowing that there are pants for women right? despite the religion yes okay so, so what are you saying? including muslim including yes everyone yeah okay do you understand what you're saying no. so you're saying moving away from the bible and yes, the body yes, woman yes, yes. that was the standard then Yes. Despite the religious teachings and everything, that was what they were taught then, and that was what was acceptable outside of the church, outside of the Bible, outside of, yeah. Even traditionally. Yeah, true. Even traditionally, if we remove religion from it, traditionally women are known to wear things that don't divide their legs, right? It's <laughs> <laughs> so interesting. Traditionally wise, most traditional teachings derived from the Bible. Mm. Most of them. 
So it most goes back to what it is. It is yeah, like a matter of like here you have this book, which is the standard, and then you have human understanding. <laughs> Please pause. Okay. No. <laughs> and then you have like human understanding, which now it's a matter of picking and choosing, honestly. And that is what we've done throughout history. That's just we have nature. picked and choose picked and choose. Is that yeah. We've picked and chosen what we want to do throughout history. So now the now my thing is, are you saying that at that time, seeing that as how it was just the standard thing, this person when did we evolve? That's my main question. When did we evolve to deciding that okay? Because there must have been some liberal woman who decided that no, I want to wear pants as well. And seeing as how pants in my society are reserved for men, I need to create pants for myself. So that women like myself can wear these. Then, what, I mean, we're going to make them look similar to skirts. We're going to make them look similar to dresses. Is that what we think might have happened? Because we can't necessarily provide like a solid answer because we have not looked into it. If I, if I can read the book. Ayo. I have looked into that. <clears throat> so, women started wearing pants because uh, of at athleisure, which is athletic wear. So, because um, they used to also play sports, but then in their long dresses. But then that was uncomfortable. So, eventually, some designers made um, shorter dresses. And then after that, it was still like, nah, we're not having, we're not fully comfortable. So, then they made <clears throat> skirts which are those shorts yeah. that still look like a dress yeah. so that you can still be a woman, but then you have pants on, so you're more comfortable. And then obviously with athleisure, people started dressing athletically outside of sports. Mm -hmm. And then it became fashion. Streetwear, and yeah, that's so what now it's just mm -hmm. Cool, so now we have an answer to the evolution thereof. Yeah. Now, going back to how you were saying that it's a matter oh, of religion, okay. Why do you say that sounds more like religion? Because it's a standard view. But I then mean, now is, it becomes a way is, of living. I think as much as it's religion. Remember, religion I, is more the organization. Can I just... Mm -hmm. <laughs> what is, like, back up why I was saying religion. Because <laughs> I'm just like... I'm That's literally what I'm asking. Yes. Oh, the reason why I say religion. Because, okay, let's look at the Bible. Right? I'll take, for instance, circumcision. Circumcision was in the Bible. Right? In the, in the law of Abraham. But now, is it a thing now in Christianity? No. But traditional people still do it. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it's a thing of like, it's religion. Same thing as Jewish people, they, Muslims as well, they still obey the old covenant, which is the Ten Commandments. That's religion, that's not religion. Do you understand what I'm saying? So some people, they tend to live the Bible according to religion and not understand the context behind it. Because some things don't apply to us. Do you understand what I'm saying? Who's us? Let's, let me make an example. For instance, circumcision in the Bible. Like I said, there's circumcision, right? Um, God told Abraham, like, yo, you need to circumcise your son and all of that. But that's Abraham's covenant, right? So, because that has already been fulfilled, we don't have to do it because Jesus came. Okay. Do you understand what I'm saying? But there are people that still do it. They still do circumcision. It's a... It, Jewish people, Muslims, they still do it because it's in the Bible. But they don't understand that was made for Abraham, not for us. 
You understand? So the people that came after Jesus, I would say, we don't have to do certain things that are in the Bible because it's only made for the old covenant, not the new covenant. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. But it's often things like these which actually create more confusion for me. Mm. It's just one biblical story, right? It's of cool. many. That makes it seem like, okay, now that we've entered into a new covenant, which is this, which is now the gospel, yes. it's kind of like, do we now just qualify the Old Testament? Yeah, they are, okay. It doesn't mean that you're disqualifying the Old Testament. It's just that now we are giving more freedom in the sense that it's not about what you do that pertains you righteousness. Somebody. It's not. He's hitting the right spot. I'm like, what's next? What's next? Okay. It's not about if I do this, I gain God. If I do this, I gain God. No. Mm. Just like we've been saying, once the Spirit of God is in you, it will direct you into godliness. It will be simple. No rule has to be put in there for you to do this or that or that. Mm. The conviction will come to you. If you say, it, okay, let go of this. It doesn't mean that thing is simple. But for you in particular, that is how he wants you to write. Right? So then it becomes the rule for you. That's yeah. your conviction. Most times, the problem we are having these days is there's so many generalizations and all of exactly, this. Thing. Yeah. Like also this thing we're talking about, the trousers and all mm -hmm. of that. In the olden times, in the Jewish times and all of that, they were wearing overalls, they were wearing very long gowns as men. Yeah, they were right? Which is basically a dress. Which is basically a dress. Now, are we going to say, okay, um, these men are wearing women's clothes because they are wearing gowns and all of that. So we still have to understand, like she said, the times we are in and all of that. Things have changed over time. Things have changed. And where it becomes a problem is if I see the clothes made for women and I go to wear it. Now I'm going away from what the Bible says, right? If I see a crop top, I say, do Yes! And I go buy a crop top and wear it. Now I'm wrong because that clothes was specifically made for women. You see, like the pants as well. A female pants. If I go wearing a female pants, me, I'm deviating from what the Bible says. You know what's crazy? What's crazy? People are so crazy. Yeah, they are. What's really out? Are you saying that they are different between a men's pants and a women's pants? Yeah. But it makes them different. Okay, this is up to the design. Oh, okay. So it's like in the store because, like, I often realize that for men, it's kind of different. Yeah, it is buy in the women's clothing section yeah. mm. but as a female person i can buy in the male clothing section but like judging from what you're saying now mm. it sounds as though that should not be the case because chances are i'm gonna see a tea i really like in the mm. men's section and i'm gonna get it for myself basically i'm still wearing if it makes you more this but this goes back to basically it's all about the character Mm -hmm. Yes, modesty is a thing and it does matter because the, like the Bible says, uh, what is it? Your body is a living sacrifice. Offer your body as a living sacrifice to the Lord, which is good and pleasing. And your body does matter. Modesty is a thing to God because remember, like God wants you to respect your body. And especially as a Christian, when you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you, your body is a temple to God. 
So you have to honor it and respect it the way that you want it to, obviously. But then again, like I was saying, physical femininity is about your character, how you carry yourself. Are you humble? Are you submissive? Are you obedient? But first of all, it matters. It, I feel like, how can I say this? Again, your relationship with God is fundamental, mm -hmm. right? So that's the number one thing. Because when we talk about biblical femininity, we always apply it in a relationship situation with another human being. Whereas if you are failing to obey God, then you will fail to obey a man that's supposed to lead you. So yeah. Can I say something about the modesty thing? I might be deviating from... I usually tell people that we as men, we have these so many rules women to follow in terms of what they should do, wear this, that and that. But I think that the most of the issue should be on the man, right? If you have dealt with yourself, you have allowed the Spirit of God to work in you, you, you can't be looking at a woman and all you are doing is lost in because of what she's wearing. There's something mentally wrong with you. You <laughs> are the one true, that should, yeah. should deal with your own things, right? Deal with it. Because sometimes we project our yeah. our sinfulness in other people. Because, oh, she made me sin. No. There are people who are able to see a woman completely naked, have naked, mm -hmm. and they can control themselves. So it's a problem on your part to do the controlling. Because this whole thing of even this, I, I make I make some examples like so that to make some people understand that it's not so much about what the person is wearing or whatever. You can see a little child who is properly dressed, like mm. covered, That's and true. somebody rapes rapes her. That's true. Does it have anything to do with her opening herself or whatever? No, it's a mental yes. derailed person who doesn't have a self control, right? And a ninety year old granny. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, that's true. So we need to work on ourselves as men to control ourselves, right? That's on period. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want us to just reduce or rather just limit, yeah, to just limit biblical femininity to just the inside of a person. Because mm -hmm. I mean, if it's on the inside, it also has to manifest into the physical. Yes. Remember going back to like being the salt of the earth, being the light of the earth, like literally in everything that I do, am I at least meeting, if I'm not meeting 100% of what God wants me to, am I at least halfway there, am I working towards it, am I trying to be a better person and not just be a better person according to the world standard, which is again going back to profit, going back to material wealth and all of that, but yeah, yeah. am I doing the spiritual work? Yeah. Am I doing that and how is it showing? So basically it also goes back to like doing things with grace, leading yes. with grace and not just so everyone else can see me. That's true. Because mm. the end result, remember the end the whole thing of being Christian is for you to look like Christ. That's the whole thing. So it applies to biblical femininity, a, a masculinity, both aspects, the end result is for you to look like Christ. So you look at Christ and how he embodied himself. He was humble, he was obedient, he, you know, like how he embodied himself, how he led his disciples and all of that. You can see that, okay, I have to look like that. So how do you think modern women today can work towards being like Christ? 
you have to have a relationship. It's called having a relationship with God. Because mm-hmm. that's the only way possible. Like he was saying, only the Spirit can lead you to that direction. Only the Spirit can help you to get rid of the toxic doctrines that the world is teaching you and all these teachings about feminism and toxic things. Because the thing is, that's the thing. Feminism is not going to tell you that if you live like that, you're going to destroy most relationships you have right now. Because you're not going to get anything meaningful out of it. It's all about transactional. What do I get from this? You're not building a meaningful um, community. You're not building a lasting relationship with, that has good fruits. It's more temporary based. And it's going to leave you more, more hurt, more broken, more depressed, more anxious than ever. Because it's all about you, 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 you. But when you start with having a relationship with God, allowing the Holy Spirit to lead you, then that's when you see fruits in the relationship that you have. Because that's what happened to me. Like, I'm learning how to be more, like, I'm learning in my relationships. I'm seeing the fruits of that. You know, the Spirit is leading me to be more humble, apologize, put others first, and all of that. So, does that answer your question? Yes, it does. <laughs> my future question. <laughs> yeah, but that's. So, yeah, man. Well, thank you. Uh, does anyone else want to say anything about anything? My thing is, is, as much as I 